And from right down the freaking street, it is my usual co-host, Bradley Newberry. My goodness, Newberry, that is one sexy looking room you're in there. Duval, since you didn't let me get it in last week. Yeah, because I cut him off last week, apparently. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, The Titans, they just hired a new GM, Newberry. Did they get it right? I mean, that remains to be seen. We got a lot to talk about there. Uh, We're going to talk about some matchups this weekend we have going on uh, for the NFL playoffs. Also, we're going to touch on some college football NIL stuff. Goodness gracious, it is getting out of control (laughs) in college football. We will touch on that as well. But before we get started, go ahead there down below. Hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Give us a follow and a rumble on Rumble. Check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at DDS Sports Talk. You can also download all the audio versions of these podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Newberry, let's talk about this new GM, Ran Carthen for the Tennessee Titans, coming over from the San Francisco 49ers. What did you think about the the first presser the other day? Well, I think that it was a – I mean, it's hard to judge, right? But uh, initial thoughts is good for the Titans. Um, I believe he's got a great background, right? He's young. Yep. He's going to have potentially new ideas. Now, the 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 thing that we'll have to watch, yep, is how well is this synergy going to be between Amy Adams, drunk, Coach Rabel, and Rand. I mean, Amy wants them all to like eat together, talk the same language together. Is that the best thing for the Titans, or does Rand need to get in there and insert himself a little bit, Blake? Well, uh, the, you know, I, I look back at the J-Rob era. You know, you you were very critical of J-Rob the entire time, uh, and I think rightfully so looking back. Uh, but you look at this situation, and I think that Miss Amy has probably brought somebody in who, who – she thinks will work with Vrabel. You know, in the presser uh, press conference, there was a lot of talk of collaborative and being collaborative and doing a lot of collaboration with Mike Vrabel. And don't worry, I see that helmet. He is a former Gator. Let's go ahead. Yeah, and a little, a little shout out. Uh, but it, yeah, absolutely. I, I I'll tell oh, you yeah. some of the things I like about him. You know, you brought up that he was a Gator. I like that he was a former player. He was a running that back. Means, that means run. something to me. You know, I like that his dad was a player. He's been around this his entire life, pretty much. You know, there are some that speculate that he's pretty much been uh, uh, training for this type of position for his entire life. Uh, But he's been around the league his entire life. Uh, He's known for being able to evaluate some talent, to use analytics to do so. Um, But again, I like the the question that you posed is, is this more about him asserting himself or is this about him establishing that relationship? But just judging from that press conference, it sounds like, it sounds like there's a, a want, a desire for him to get in and really establish that relationship with variable. I think that's the smart move. I mean, he says gotta have, gotta have one for him is establishing that relationship with Mike Vrabel. 
there's no doubt. I mean, you can't completely go in there and just be a, a dictator. Right. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, you look at J Rob, that's he kind of just would go rogue and do shit. Like, I, I don't, I don't get the impression that this is the guy that's going to be trading one of our best players on draft night. But, but for J Rob, I'm not a J Rob apologist. But I swear, man, we heard Vrabel say that they made every decision together. Yeah, they and would we say that. And then they would, but then they would say something. Vrabel would say, A.J. Brown's not leaving this team while I'm the coach. And then draft night, he's gone. Uh, I hear you. But he it's never – it's so weird. Because it felt like a J-Rob decision only. But he would always say, you know, we – we discussed it. We made this decision. He kept saying, we, 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 like he included right. himself with the decision every time. Right. He's never yeah. thrown J-Rob under the bus. Right. And, and you know, the dynamic between those two, I think, has always kind of been a mystery. It just seems like Vrabel likes this hire. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking through it, uh, at it through rose-colored glasses here or two-tone blue gl glasses, whatever you want to say. But it just seemed like Vrabel – it seems like him and him and Vrabel are going to get along better. And maybe it's that player relationship. Maybe it's because they've both played. I don't know. But like you said, he was a running back. I like the fact that he runs behind. He was running behind big fat boys for a living. <laughs> and he knows what he knows that how important that is to the, to a team that really is struggling in that. But uh, I really thought he did really well in his first press conference. Uh, very I didn't well even get a chance to hear it. So I'm Man, looking forward to he gave some really good answers. Um, he he left a lot of things open because, you know, obviously the, the Paul Kuharskis and everybody were in there trying to push him for definite answers on things like, what are you going to do with Tannehill? And he's like, I mean, it's, on. Not, it's this, not this fair, guy it's hasn't not even to ask me that right now. We're st I have to evaluate the quarterback position. Look, look, Kuharski and others, this guy hasn't even peed in the facility yet. Exactly. I mean, come on, give, give it a break. Right. There's plenty of time for all that. You know, he brought up analytics uh, about how he is a he. I don't. I don't think he's a 100% analytics guy. He believes in scouting, but he also says that the analytics data can sometimes take you in a different direction, uh, particularly when evaluating talent in the draft. You know, he gave the example even of Elijah Moore about how you know I guess in his draft year that. They they were looking at drafting a linebacker, and then the analytics department came to him with some information, said, yeah, we need to look at this guy. So he went and looked at the tape, and he's like, I, I see something here. They end up going out there, and they end up drafting Elijah Moore, and I, I'd say that turned out pretty well for them. I'm, so. I'm interested to see it because I – I have no. Well, you think about the J. -Rob I have no reason to think that it's going to be negative. Just, just right. Be well, you patient. think about, let's, you, think let's, about you know J. Rob's uh, quote on analytics was, "I'm the analytics department here." You know, so that's about <laughs> as far as analytics got with the Titans whenever he was there. But you know, there's a lot. There's a whole laundry list of stuff that he's that needs his attention. And we've talked about it ad nauseum. Um, cap casualties. You know, he's, I mean, the reality is, is the number one thing he has to address before he can go and do anything 
in my opinion, is he's got to get this cap situation under control. This is something you have been screaming from the mountaintops probably for the last three or four years that John Robinson has put the Tennessee Titans in such a disadvantageous position uh, with the cap situation that they can't really go address a lot of problems effectively. This will be, you know, the old company 1-800-GOT-JUNK. <laughs> I mean, poor Rand, man. He's he's going to have to bring in about two or three of those type of trucks. Yep. But strategically, because I don't think that he can just go in and blow it all up. It's not necessary, Blake. I think this mm -hmm. Tennessee Titans team is not a team that is like the Texans or – dare I say, like the Colts, where they need a whole reboot, I think this can be re just a refresh. Um, uh, right. The Tennessee Titans were literally two minutes away from being your AFC South champions. Um, they were seven and three at one point. So I, I don't think that this is a blow it up. I don't either. Jaguars you know, years ago. that's the emotional reaction, right? To just blow it up no, with a no, new GM. I, I don't think you have to uh, do it. And you know, I think that the 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 um, another emotional reaction, believe it or not, and I'm I'm really starting to question this. I know that Taylor Lewan's taken up a big part of the cap. I got it. But is there a left tackle out there that we can get for less than 14 million? Because that's all the cap space it's going to free up. Is a is a it's and obviously this is all determined by how healthy Taylor Lewan can be. But you know he's one of those that's at the top of everybody's list of cap cap casualties. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I can see how that is. But is there someone that's better out there that we can get at a at a at a better value? And that that I don't know. That's where Rand comes in. He's going to have to evaluate that because. Man, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> it's it's all to be determined, and it's going to allow us to fill these weekly podcasts. Yeah. In the off season. This will be debated vigorously, I'm sure, by Matthew Parker for but sure. We don't. We won't really know until we got to let the pieces fall first. The unfortunate part for the Titans is there's still a football season being played. They just happen yep. to not be a part of it, right? So they're having to be in this little holding pattern. They finally got their GM thing situated. Now, what is the next step? The GM has to work with uh, Amy, yep. Mike Vrabel. They have mm -hmm. to start putting together a staff now. That's yep. next Now step. we're looking at OC, the OC situation, which yeah. is a whole nother ball of wax. I think you that's know? the next step. You got to put the staff together. We'll worry about players in a minute. Right. But right, staff comes next. That's the next. I, yeah, I, I think I could get with that because you. I think you have to know what kind of scheme you're going to be running to be able to go get the players that you need. I, I would definitely agree with that. You know, there was a lot of talk about Bimini being an option for OC. It sounds like he's entertaining head coaching opportunities, so it doesn't really sound like he's really on the list anymore. Uh, so we're looking at, you know, Matt Nagy and probably Tim Kelly are our top two <laughs> options there. And, you know, it, Tim Kelly is an interesting one. You know, I, I saw where, where Parker had put on uh, Twitter initially whenever Todd Downing was fired. You noticed that he, he put that you noticed that that Tim Kelly was not part of this firing. You know, he was brought in specifically. Everybody kind of understood that he was 
probably the heir apparent if they had to fire Ty Downing in the middle of the season. Um, but I don't, it's an interesting situation for sure. Well, I've got a question. A lot of the names that you mentioned, B enemy and others, they happen to be coaching in a playoff game today. Yeah. You're not going to be able and, to really and, and get much a, out of them. And if a small little no-count team out of Florida <laughs> happens to go to Kansas City and wins, will that potentially help the Titans? You know, in a way that they can start interviewing those coaches. Maybe it has some negative feeling in their heads. They're like, man, we've, we've done all we can in Kansas City. Let's do something new. Could the Jags actually help the Titans today if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs? I think it's a fair point. Obviously, it gets them to move along in the process faster. Um, but I, I think that the Titans really, they're at the mercy of how all this falls as far as that goes. I think that... Uh, they ha- the fact that they have an internal candidate, you know, they'll obviously go through that process first. They'll go through a pro- that process with other uh, outside candidates who aren't in the in the playoffs. I'm sure. Um, it's it, this is this really is going to determine the the where they go next. Just like what you said, uh, it, we have to get this right first. And then we need to know what direction we're going in. Then Rand needs to go out and start evaluating. He needs to go start talking with his his scouts. He needs to start looking at the analytics, looking at the try the pro days, looking at the at the combine numbers. Um, we got to be. I'm, I I agree with you. We have so many tools that are in place. It's just we have certain spots where it's so bad that we got to start filling those gaps. But you know. It, and once we get that OC, we're going to be looking at free agency. God, we're going to be talking about that a lot. Yeah, that'll be fun. And the mock draft, guys, uh, you know, what are the possible tr- draft possibilities for this Titans team? A lot of people are talking about the tackle out of Ohio State, uh, <laughs> Paris, Paris Johnson, I do believe. And there's Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver out of TCU. I'm not really sure if that's the way any, that we need to go, but a lot of people like him. Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC, that's another big name that keeps coming up. I'm not really sure that uh, that those are uh, maybe. I mean, look, we can all we need wide receivers. I think Robert Woods is one of these guys that's going to be a casualty. <laughs> no, no matter what the no matter what the uh, the system, I think Robert Woods is probably gone. Um, so we're going to need some wide receivers. Um, but obviously, uh, even even beyond that, other big things we got to do is look. We got to get Big Jeffs locked up, right? I can't believe we we've kind of let this go this far, but now we have a GM. We can get this deal done. We got to get Big Jeff locked up, and then you got to start talking about do we re-sign people like like Hooper? I mean, Ho- Hooper's going to have to help Parker pay off his debt. <laughs> he's got, I, he's got to go double or nothing now right th- these are these are the fun things but i swear man i think unfortunately for dds sports talk any of the other podcasts we just have to take it as it comes we're gonna have to wait because it's yeah it's GM a thing game. literally just happened totally a waiting game i i 
I think the big Jeff thing does not happen quickly at all. I think it's going to have to. I, I, I literally think it might drag out. I literally think you have to put your staff together first, and then they have to figure out what type of team are we? What do we want to be as an organization? Um, right. Do we do we want to be Derrick Henry and pound the rock? Do we want to? Uh, uh, showcase speed and get new receivers in here because yeah and we know that's Traylon a priority Burks. for Vrabel right Burt's is mentioned. one one thing but uh we thought Phillips may have been speed uh yeah, but he just disappeared <laughs> I mean I've even heard some people on some podcasts talk about Kyle Phillips being a cap casualty and I'm like really happened that Still on a rookie contract. I don't really know. Uh, but yeah, and, and you know, hey, we might as well address the big elephant in the room of the Trey Lance situation with Rand Carthen being that here now. Uh just brief thoughts here. I really wish Parker was here because he could probably give me way more insight on Trey Lance than I have. And I'm sure you have either. I don't have oh, a big enough body of work to really say that this guy is somebody you need to go what? waste your time on. Look, this isn't fair to Parker because we've had plenty of group text, plenty of DDS after shows that were not aired about Trey Lance and Newberry. How can you say that? I mean, this guy's been injured his entire career. Exactly. If you guys only knew the 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 venom between these two over I Trey mean, Lance, it would. I mean, look. It has made me want to go ahead and start doing a private after show. We may do that later, but yeah. I, here's I, I, here's I how I'm going to answer it, Blake. I go got ahead. a question for you. If your quarterback room was Trey Lance, Malik Willis, and Josh Dobbs, who are you starting week one? Oof. See, you even having to think about it says Trey Lance means caca. Nothing, Parker, nothing. Yeah, I, I'm uh, – It's Josh I Dobbs. Don't think, I don't think that Trey Lance – I don't think that there's enough time left on his rookie contract to be able to get any kind of value out of him. Uh, I think that as far as, I mean, look, we're going to talk a little bit about, look, there's, there's a lot of youth movement going on here in the quarterback realm of the NFL. Um, but I don't know that Trey Lance is part of that. Um, it, it's Par Parker's argument is valid. He's like, he can't be a part of it because he's never plays, but I then, know. He that's never a, that's plays. A concern too, though. He that's never plays because he doesn't know how to train and take care of himself. Well, okay. and that's a that's a whole other thing that Rand's going to have to address is their the, the Tennessee Titans recovery process. And, you know, it makes you think that if we're this far behind uh, in the analytics department, how far behind are we in the recovery programs and things of that nature? Uh, he'll have to start upgrading that as well. And I'm I, I think Miss Amy is committed to making. Uh, whatever needs to happen, happen to, to make this a championship football team again. Um, yeah, so Rand Carthen, I, I think he's got a lot on his plate right now. I do agree with you. I'm sitting here making the show prep today. And I'm like, good Lord, there's like seven or eight shows here. So I had to like condense all this stuff down. This is, if anything, this is just kind of a teaser of what's going to be to come this offseason. I don't disagree because we got we got nothing but time. But but congratulations, mm -hmm. Titans. Yeah. Congratulations, Rand, on getting the position. We are all interested. Uh, Titans fans, Jags fans, all, all of the AFC South, we're all interested to see uh, your staff. And uh, 
the the ability to be creative because it's I know Rand wants to, but at the same time he has to kind of right make sure he has that synergy with Amy and Mike. I mean, it's you can't go rogue in this first few months. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to transition a little bit here, Newberry. Uh, we're not going to get too crazy in depth here just because of you, once you hear about the subject, you will understand the depth of which we could get into the weeds here. But we're going to talk a little bit here about this college NIL situation and the transfer portal. It is absolutely going crazy right now. There are some insane things happening, and we're going to start down in Gainesville. We got we got some we got an embarrassing situation down in Gainesville, but I don't necessarily know that it's Florida's fault. It was it was inevitable that it was going to happen at some point, but the University of Florida has released, I believe his name is Jaden Rashada, uh, the four star quarterback commit for the twenty twenty three class because of their inability to follow through on their NIL. Um, Promises, I guess. Uh, there were reports out there that they were offering him somewhere in the neighborhood of twelve or thirteen million dollars worth of deals. And I'm sorry, ain't no college kid worth no twelve or thirteen million dollars, particularly when they haven't played one snap of SEC football. I mean, this was bound to happen at some point, right? Absolutely, this will not be the last. And, no, uh, probably not. not even the last at the University of Florida. I still get the sense of uh, like my take. I've been saying, you know, don't don't talk to me on a weekly basis about what's going on in the NIL because I, I don't. I, it's so much that it's hard to digest. Right. Um, let's see what the rosters finally shake out to be in in maybe July or August for these colleges. Uh, I also. I'm with you, man. It, it's it's hard to justify paying these kids this amount of money. I'm all for kids getting compensated for universities using their names and likeness, but it's it needs to this be is capped. way too Let's much. Just call it man. what it is. It needs to be capped. This feels way too much. Well, I mean, and, and you mentioned the, the rosters being set. I've pulled up the athletic.com here. They have a uh, NIL or, or, excuse me, a transfer portal real-time uh, tracker, basically. I mean, and the names that are in here, you know, Jake Garcia is going to Missouri. Congratulations. You're going to one of the worst SEC schools out there. Uh, Connor Bazelak is going in the transfer portal again. He's again, going from, two in a row. I know Indiana now he's going to Bowling Green. Um, it, it's just incredible to me sitting here looking at all these transfers. You know, you got, I mean, it's not just the small schools. You, you got Georgia, they lost a, a, a linebacker to Alabama. Um, and Alabama's lost some folks. Uh, it, it is just, it seems like every single time you turn around, there are new kids entering the transfer portal. Um, how much will it really affect things? I don't really know, but I do know that it's it's getting kind of crazy out there, and I'm hoping that all of this movement will start to, you know, maybe show the the NCAA that hey, we we need to probably find find a sweet spot here, and maybe we need to not allow people to in. I mean, like Connor Bazelak, he's been in. I think he actually transferred into Missouri at one point too. So it's like, 
It's like, how many times can we enter the transfer portal and it be, you know, kind of fair and equitable? Is it fair to say Bazelak has entered the transfer portal more than he's won football games as a quarterback? Newberry. I mean, it, it's pretty it's pretty dang close, man. I mean the Newberry bomb there. Goodness but, gracious. But but it's all it's all <clears throat> I, I like the idea behind it, but come on, it's getting ridiculous. It's it's <laughs> It's yeah. so ridiculous. I don't even I throw my hands up. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just come I, talk to me in July. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I, I, there there needs to be some reining in of some things. We've been saying this from the beginning. It's going to make it very hard for people like us to be able to keep up with it. And honestly, I don't want to try to keep up with it until we get a little closer <laughs> to time. Because the reality is, Newberry, once they go through spring practice, there's going to be a whole nother wave of them that get in the transfer portal once they realize I'm not going to get to play. I totally agree. That's we. I'm, I'm glad we don't do any any prediction shows until literally the last moment because yeah. we can't. I can't even predict right. who's going to be on the Florida roster. I can't predict who's going to be a Tennessee Vol next year. I right. have no idea. I mean, no that's idea. the thing is like you're sitting here looking at all these transfers. I mean, it could drastically change after spring practice, uh, and and. I don't particularly like that part of it. I think that once they enroll in school, they should have to be there for a year personally. Uh, but whatever, you know, I think they said that this Rashada kid that decommitted from Florida, uh, I think he might be going out to see Coach Prime in Colorado, which which is a whole other interesting situation that we'll have to follow uh, very closely. But as you can see, we can get way into the weeds there. We're not going to get too much further in the, into that. Uh, I wanted to, I was, I was thinking about making this my final thought, but I just cannot, I'm sorry. I'm jumping, jumping back and forth guys. I have to go back to the Mike Vrabel ran, uh, Carson, uh, interview. I mean, a uh, presser first Vrabel came out and, you know, did some talking. He had a certain local media, uh, personality ask him a question and I just, you know what? Screw it. We're going to call him out. Jared Stillman. No, not Jared. Question. Not Jared. Vrabel. And Vrabel just straight up snapped right back at him. And I cannot help but play this for you because it, it just, it made me, it made my oh, soul smile. This is great. I haven't heard it. Let's hear it. All right. Let's see here. Let's see here. Here we go. And protecting the quarterback. Why'd you keep Craig Ackerman on the staff with the special teams issues this season? Well, I think he, what, what special teams, what are you talking about? Let's look, look, look at these objectively and let's talk about it. Punts that were returned throughout the course of the year, leading the league in those punts. The punts that were returned for yes. against so, us or ones we against. returned? Well, both. Honestly. Well, we were third in the league in the net punting. We were third. Third in the National Football League in net punting. Third, 44 yards. So again, I'm happy to have this conversation, but our punter just set a record. And again, there were some long, flat punts that got returned. But when you look at it, third in the National Football League in net punting with the number of players that were on our punt team and the number of gunners we went through is pretty good. 
Oh my gosh, it makes my soul smile whenever he burns people like that, and particularly Jared Stillman, who just loves to throw out little hot takes, and he oh. finally gets a chance to ask Variable a question, and he comes up with that dumpster fire of a question. I love it, man. We we say it off air. We say it about life life topics. Forget sports. Facts don't have feelings, man. Yeah. Vrabel just gave a fact. Yep. He so threw the shut up with your him. hot take bullcrap. Yep. <laughs> I mean, geez. And your narrative that you're trying to make. Yeah. The I mean, Titans were the third, third best team. Of all things to come at him about, you came at him about one of their bright spots, their freaking special teams. And it's like, I mean, don't get me wrong. No, no team in America is probably you know, broadcasting how proud they are of their special teams yeah, unit. But oh. at the same time, it's like you got to pick and choose your battles. And of all the things that you could have chose to throw a, a lob or grenade at, at Vrabel for, that was the wrong one. I can't stand these hot takes, like you said. And I love seeing people like that get owned. But let's move into – we got some exciting stuff this weekend, man. We got a, we got some good games. Got a good game to – a couple good games today – uh, we're going to start off here. Let's talk about, let's just jump right into your game here. We got the Jags and the chiefs squaring off today. Um, Trevor Lawrence, coach Peterson, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you got, we got two hot teams right here. Really? You really do. I think that this game could end up being a lot closer than the people think. I think it could. I think we could see some snow on our TVs today. <clears throat> is that going to play a role, do you think? No. No, this is not the same type of snow that we would see in like a Buffalo right. or New England. This is going to be like a, a more wet, a light snow. Right. So I don't, I don't think that it's going to uh, play an impact. Um, you know, uh, to my stance as the Jaguar fan is this is a year early. Yep. Um, some, a lot of media Playing says, with house money, right? A lot of media says house money and, and, you know, the Jaguars are, are taking that and they're like, you know, screw house money. We're here because you can't take for granted that you may never get back. I mean, the Jaguars, there's no, nobody in the world is going to anoint them. The AFC South team, they may never get back with Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, they have I, to take advantage of this right now. I like to say whenever you have teams like this Jacksonville Jaguar team, you have teams like the New York Giants, who we'll talk about here in a minute, they are the most dangerous teams when it comes to playoff time because they have nothing to lose. They are, like you are saying, they are playing with 100% uh, house money at this point and they they're gonna go out there and they're gonna try to ball out they're not scared of nothing they're not they're not going in there uh being intimidated because you know what they were a team that weren't supposed to be there in the first place uh they've been gathering momentum right now DraftKings has got this at a, at a nine point you know given given uh they're going chiefs minus nine i think that that's a little overblown I don't know that the Jaguars win, but they're definitely covering that nine in my eyes. Yeah, I, uh, I'd i be more comfortable if it was 10, like a key number of 10. In, in sports betting, you have these key numbers of 3, 6, 7, 10, 14. 
I wrote down, I mean, I wrote down before the show, I wrote down 30 to 20, which would mean that I'm leaning Kansas City. But uh, I, 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 I picked the Kansas City Chiefs to win, but um, I, it's just, it's to me, it's, and even if they would have lost the Chargers game, it did, it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, this season was, uh, it was all about to me Doug Peterson, and yeah. he was able to erase, erase the nightmare that was Urban Meyer, the. Um, the just absolute putrid stink in that locker room because of Urban Meyer. I mean, these these players, clearly they don't quit because we said that too many times last year. Quitters. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, and it was t- it was a tough situation for someone who calls himself a professional to be in, to be playing under someone like Urban Meyer. Uh, but I, I, you said 30 to 20. I'm looking at this more like, 30 to 24 and everything is going to hinge in my opinion call me crazy trevor lawrence is going to have a game-winning drive situation and how he handles that situation Mm -hmm. i think will determine the fate of the jacksonville jaguars and i will leave this segment with this trevor lawrence has never lost on a saturday ever since he was in high school yeah that's that's the thing floating around there that's true that's true but um the, the way that the Jaguars win this game, honestly, it's A, it's Trevor Lawrence not committing four turnovers. Right. <laughs> this is a better coaching staff, obviously. I'm saying the obvious. And a better team than the Chargers. So n- no four turnovers. I think you have to establish the running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Etienne will be yep. key today. And... Blake, we've said it. Disciplined pass rush from the yep. Jacksonville Jaguars. If you yep. get out of your lanes, Patrick Mahomes will go skippity doo out for 14 yards. And then yep. it's all of a sudden it went from third and 11 to first down. Disciplined yep. pass rush and a running game that could allow the Jags to keep it close. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, there's there's definitely a formula to beating Patrick Mahomes, and it's not sending extra guys. You got to drop them into coverage, or else he'll just pick you apart. So you know, uh, I think that they've got a chance to cover. I think Trevor Lawrence will have a chance to win the game, and it's just going to kind of be on his shoulders. All right, moving into the other game here today on Saturday, and we got the New York Giants, the New York Football Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Jones going against uh, Jalen Hurts here. This one, I uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. Let me give it three sounds. Upset alert! Daddy has a feeling. Wrong team favored here. <laughs> I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, what did we just talk about? These teams who are not supposed to be here are the most dangerous teams you can play in the playoffs. I think I think Dayball is, uh, is a motivator in that locker room. I think he's a fiery guy. He knows how to, how to get his guys ready to play, uh, and they're playing for him right now, and they're, they're just – they're just absolutely playing out of their mind. I think that this is going to be, uh, like I said, a situation where uh, 
Daniel Jones just seems to have all always snuck up on people all year. I don't know how he keeps sneaking up on people. I don't think he's all that great, but you know, you say that, and then he goes on an 80 yard touchdown run out of nowhere. And this white, this long legged white boy is running down the, down the field away from everybody. Uh, I think this is an interesting matchup. I'm calling for the upset here. I think the giants get it done in Philadelphia. They can, they can just like they did in Minnesota with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the Vikings were an easier target because look, they were one of the luckiest. I'm going to use the word luck. the Vikings that mm-hmm. they were one of the luckiest teams in NFL history. They won some ungodly 12 to 13 games that were decided by one score or less. I mean, no, no team does that. That's ridiculous. So this week, the Giants can, uh, they can win. I, uh, I'm not going that way personally. I'm going uh, just like, just like in the Kansas City game, the Jags can win. I just, it's hard to put my money on that. I, I, I feel like this is going to be another one of those like 27 17 games. It's going to be a two score. I would lean Philly is, would be my pick. All right. All right. So the next game is, uh, this is a, I mean, it's hard not to call this a marquee matchup here. You're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals versus Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills who are still riding high on emotion with the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, uh, which he's doing great by the way. But Joey football, he's always a tough one to beat. He's got a lot of offensive weapons. Um, they're saying this is a five and a half point game here. Um, I'm assuming maybe that has something to do with. Uh, I think I heard that uh, the Bengals have a couple couple offensive linemen that are going to be out. Um, so maybe that's something that's that's driving this line uh, in that direction. But I, I, I still they, they, they don't have to. Game. They don't have to block Von Miller though. He's right. Not- <laughs> right. I mean, I I, I am. Really excited to watch this game. Uh, everything that I see tells me that the Buffalo Bills should win. Um, but you know, we've seen some trends out of Josh Josh Allen here lately, where we're we're kind of YOLO in the ball, throwing some interceptions. Um, and then you're talking about two explosive offenses. How are those interceptions going to play into into that? Um, I think this is a lot closer game. I don't know if Cincinnati wins or not, but I think this is not a five and a half point game. What do you think? Well, uh, let's go back to what I know with facts, what we saw last mm-hmm. week with uh, the Miami Dolphins and Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson. <laughs> I mean, th- th- this guy went up to Buffalo and said, screw it. I'm about to win this game. Yep. And if Joe Burrow were on the Miami Dolphins, it wouldn't have been in question. The Miami Dolphins defense got after him. If the Cincinnati Bengals can do the same thing, which we we know what their defensive line can do, just ask Baltimore and others. I, I this of the three games we've talked about so far, this is the one I'm most confident in in the road dog. I'm going mm-hmm. Cincinnati. I would even 
You what does it say? Right? What does it say on the money line over there? Plus what? Uh, one eighty five. One eighty five. So if I bet a hundred bucks, I'd win hundred and eighty five. This is the of the three. This is the one I'm like. I trust in Joe Burrow. I trust in their defensive line. Give me the Bengals to win. All I'm right. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to go I'm Bengals. Bengals. I'm just not sure if they win outright, but I, I'm with you on that for sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be an exciting game to watch. We'll just say that. And, 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 and just one, maybe I'm trying to fit a narrative <laughs> as I've been known to do. But listen to this. If the Cincinnati Bengals beat Buffalo and somehow Florida, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat Kansas City. I may have to make a trip to Cincinnati. I'm Whoa! Just... <laughs> he says live from Cincinnati. I mean, I, I don't have the capability or the money to go to a Super Bowl, but I can go up to Cincinnati, man. You can tailgate. You can go around with the phone just like you got right now and do some tailgating and some interviewing. Yeah, I, like I mean, we almost were at the AFC Championship. Oh, man. Parker, Parker had the room rented. Oh, maybe that was the, the curse. Maybe that cursed us. Uh, I don't know. Could have, so, should have, would have, right? We'll see. One step at a time. One step at a right, time. All right. All right, moving on into the last game here. The Dallas Cowboys are this is now is this not a classic game here? The Dallas Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of history here, obviously. Um Newberry, Dak Prescott, what'd you think about him last week? You know, um oh, what's not to like? I mean, he did pretty I, I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, pretty good is an understatement, yeah. I think. <laughs> I mean that's Look. the Dak Prescott everybody wants to see. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's got weapons all over. He got weapons all over the place. He should yeah. be at a seventy percent clip every time. Yep. It's whether it's Dalton Schultz, a little flare to Pollard to Zeke. I mean, we're not even talking about their wide receivers yet. I know. I know. CD Lamb and others. Yep. Michael Gallup and all them. I mean, dude, it's they're on both sides. Both sides. Both I was sides about to say. Here. The 49ers are littered with stars as this well. Is, this is right here. This is going to be a close game. I think this is a uh, field goal game, maybe less. Uh, this is this is going to be an interesting to watch game. Now, it's going to be interesting to watch to see how Brock Purdy will react to having someone the likes of Micah Parsons breathing down his neck the entire, day, the entire night. Um, oh, I, the – but the problem for that Parsons is is that he's going up against arguably the best left tackle in the entire football yeah, it's league. It's good on good, right? Jeez. It's good on good. Uh but but Parsons is known though for switching sides every now and then too. Um we'll see, man. It's gonna be a really interesting game. Both defenses, I think, are pretty good. Both offenses are good. They both have really good weapons. It's, it's more about experience at the quarterback position versus uh, the young whippersnapper here in Brock Purdy. It, you know, is every, everybody kind of seems uh, ready to, to, to crown him the next uh, uh, Tom Brady, but I'm not so sure of that. Just yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know me, I like to see it played out on the field. I think he's good. Don't get me wrong, but I also think he's in the perfect system for him to be successful. No, he's not Tom Brady. No. Um, 
I mean, this guy can get in the back of the line well behind Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not your time yet, Brock right. Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant pick of last year's draft. But uh, but kudos to the 49ers if they can find that talent in the last pick. And you've got teams like Jacksonville and Tennessee that are struggling to hit on their second-round picks and first-round picks, for goodness sakes. But uh, it's – it's a wait and see, just like I said with uh with the GM here in Tennessee. Uh, what I like about this potential matchup is defense. Yes, I like defense on both sides, both teams. One of these teams has to get a takeaway, like mm-hmm. a meaningful takeaway, like a pick six or a fumble six. Whichever team can do that wins the game. I'm go. I'm just going home team because I don't know. Uh, when I don't know, I go home team. Uh, give me San Fran in a very close. I, I don't even think it's a high scoring, honestly. I think this might be like a uh, 24, 21 ish. I mean, yeah, like, the, it's, it's, it's 46 is the number. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, this, I'm with you. I'm going 49ers, but I don't really, it's not because I think that they're that much better than the Cowboys. No. It's just, it's really I just it's just a feeling that I have and part of that feeling is you know when teams start focusing on their last game you know because it was the first playoff win they've had in 30 years or what all whatever and it's like dude if that's exciting you then your season might be over the next game uh you're focusing you if that's the win for you then that might be it, it, it I don't know I, I have a, a weird feeling about that whole situation I think that the Giants I mean not the Giants excuse me I said San Francisco Giants, San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I think that they've built a hell of a roster here, and I just think it's their time. I really do. I really do. Yeah. So in this, I've still got uh, my preseason mm-hmm. Super Bowl matchup is still aligned when I yep. pick Kansas City versus Philly. Yep. And it, and, and all honestly, I I had no clue that Philly was going to be good. I really didn't. I just I just thought that that would be a nice storyline. Since my older brother said, "Look, there's more storylines in the NFL than WWE wrestling." <laughs> so uh, I mean, it's it's still could happen. I mean, I'd rather see. I think the majority of us would rather see the upsets this weekend. Those are always fun. A little shakeup, but uh, man, when you start putting money to it, though, you, it makes you. <laughs> it makes, makes you go with stand up straight though you know, he starts paying attention makes you go with the home team yeah yeah absolutely um i think i think this is this is one of the more exciting playoffs for me uh, over the last several years i think there's more drama here there's more people who are in the playoffs who didn't nobody thought they would be there um it's interesting, man. I, I really like it. Uh, you got anything? That's all I got for today. I just uh, – I have a question for Parker. Uh-oh. Parker, if you're listening, I know Uh-oh. you will I know you will be listening at some point. I've already asked this to Blake. So you can comment below. If your quarterback room is Malik Willis, Josh Dobbs, Trey Lance. Who starts your week one game when it's uh, Tennessee at Indy week one? Mm. I say it's Josh Dobbs. 
I think you might be right. <laughs> All right, guys. Really appreciate you joining us this week for another edition of DDS Sports Talk. While you're here, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. Really helps us out. Give us a follow on Rumble on Rumble. Check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at DDS Sports Talk. You can also download the audio versions of these podcasts on your favorite podcasting platform. Newberry, final thoughts. Man, I'm going to Major League Baseball. Ooh, okay. DH or not to DH. For those out there that stands for designated hitter. Blake and I grew up with this sport. National League, your pitchers are batting. Yep. American League, your pitchers just pitch. For all the fans' sake out here, don't make the pitchers go up there and hit anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, F tradition, like from my stance, and I'm very much into tradition, but Let's just go DH. Let hitters hit. Let the pitchers pitch. That's got to be the right answer, right? I mean, yeah, come on. Get I, them off I the field. So I think we're in a different era where you're not going to run into too many pitchers that can hit at all. At least back in the in the 90s, you would occasionally oh. come across the pitcher that could hit. Oh, uh, chicks but, dig the long ball. Uh, you know, uh, I, think, uh, I think the complication <laughs> comes into play. Whenever you have a Shohei Otani, who's a two-way guy, I think we might start seeing more of those guys come out. Hey, I didn't say you couldn't put your pitcher in the well, DH that's the thing. spot. You need to have the option of doing it for sure. Put, put him in the DH spot. Yeah, so uh, I agree with you. I think that's where the game's going. In general, I'm not a huge uh, proponent of rule changes in baseball. I think that rule changes will ruin the game of baseball in general, but uh, – I'm with you there, but for my final thought, I want everybody to take a look at this picture here. Do we see anybody over the age of 40 in this picture? There is a youth movement at the quarterback position in the NFL. Looking at all these playoff teams here, they all have really good young quarterbacks. Everybody in the NFL needs to take notice and they need to start acting because you got – look, everybody loves Tom Brady, I'm sure. He's the GOAT, but right now he's not the answer for anybody. Same thing about Aaron Rodgers. I'm not into going out and getting 40-plus-year-old quarterbacks and players and filling them and putting them to in to fill gaps. Just my opinion. Everybody needs to join on the youth movement here. We need to start developing young players. And speaking of young players, it's getting to be springtime, guys. Go ahead and sign your kids up for spring sports. That's all I got for today. And as always, it is two-tone blue all the way. You guys be 